Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 432's After Show. That was a new one. You mouthed it. I did. <laughs> yep. So, here we are. It's the after show. Yes, folks. Brian Schweberger's out on the board. Good to see you, Schwebby. Hope you are doing well. If you're not familiar with the after show somehow, well, it's the time where we uh, set our official disc golf reporting and journalistic duties aside for just a moment, (laughs) and we talk about anything and everything which may or may not circle back to something disc golf related. Maybe. Maybe not. More fun when it doesn't. <sighs> Sometimes it's not. All right. Uh, I am going to lead with this one because I, I got pulled in yet again on no. one of my airplane, my little airplane rides this weekend um, down to Florida and back. And little did I know, I actually consumed some both ways. I cannot say enough about the Netflix series with Ricky Gervais. Oh, extras. Afterlife. Afterlife, that's the one. It's it's just damn good. Like um it's it's, it's a few years old. Is I it mean, really? I'm fairly certain that that's not a new series. Uh well, I well, I should say I, I think, I think I'm in season 2, so that would make sense. I, season 2 or 3 even. I don't even know it, if it was a Netflix original. Is it? Uh the, it says it when Does it, it? When okay. It comes up. So that it probably is then. Uh I will read what it says here on Wikipedia, since I have yeah. not looked at this. Uh, oh, I already donated Wikipedia. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, how do I skip past this? 
You what? don't oh, have to. Oh, whoops oh. there. Okay. Well, nah. I will read directly from, well, Wikipedia, I guess. It says, Afterlife is a British black comedy drama streaming television series created, written, created, written, produced, and directed by Ricky Gervais. God, what's that guy do? Uh, who, who plays lead character, Tony Johnson. It premiered March 8th, 2019 on Netflix. Welcome to the party, Terry. Uh, the second series premiered on April 24th, 2020. The third se- uh, the third and final series premiered January 14th, 2022. Okay. So just so just earlier this I, year. Uh, I didn't realize. I, I knew it was a couple years old, at least starting out with. I didn't realize that there were three full seasons. I didn't know when the when it came out. So well, look how little I knew, which is no surprise. I'm going to see exactly where that I'm about a lot of at. things. I am in season three, and apparently I'm two episodes in, which means I only have, I think, four. What are you going to do, Terry? To watch. So sad. Uh, so you have not watched it? No, no, not yet. It is. It's just damn good. <laughs> I love looking at the the credentials here. Uh, it's just good. I, of course, it's very infused with Ricky Gervais type comedy and and comedy, but it is so serious at the same time and um i don't know i i'd love to know what other people think that have or have not consumed it and it does it does make me a little sad to, to hear that I'm, i've got just then four episodes left i think it's uh i think it's phenomenal that's what i'll say about that so afterlife ricky gervais we have been watching we watched the first season we just finished it of White Lotus, which was filmed. It's a HBO Max series. My wife and I, it, it's such an odd show. It's just basically about these families and couples that go to a resort in Hawaii, at least the first season. And what happens to them at the resort? There's, it's kind of a slight murder mystery in that the very first scene of the show, they show a, a, a body getting loaded into an airplane like in a box oh like squid games uh, i don't think so um and so and then the, the whole series is just you watching all these different families kind of interacted at this resort it was all filmed during covid mm. which was really nice because they said that they had the resort to themselves i w- listened to a little behind the scenes stuff and you don't find out to like the very last episode who is in the box mm. and why they're loading them up in there and and the the connections between it was good i mean it was just uh good acting nothing uh, some people would call it slow in that there's not a lot of action there's not a lot uh, there's not a lot of comedy to it it's just a story and i haven't we haven't started to watch season 2 it's honestly a show that i can only watch one episode a night like there there were a few times that my wife's like should we watch another one i was like i don't want to like, I just want to watch one episode because it was a little heavy at times okay. and just, um, uh, yeah, either way, I enjoyed it. White Lotus is, is pretty good. Uh, Ray's telling me season two has Aubrey Plaza in it. Awesome. She's very funny. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it, it's, and there, there were some funny scenes. There were some great scenes, uh, of, of people kind of going a little nuts with some drugs and whatnot. It, it was good. And I look forward to starting the second season, but yeah, that was uh, that's what we watched like one every other night for the last three weeks, maybe two to three weeks. We've been watching mm. White Lotus, so 
I'll, bo- I'll borrow that word. Uh, I, I I don't know if I just said serious or not, but uh, heavy. Heavy is a good word that I, I would use in this afterlife uh, as well. As funny and good as, as as I think it is, I think heavy is also a good word. Like it's, yeah, it's uh, it can be definitely a tearjerker. If you watch Afterlife and at no point do you cry, I I think you're a heartless a hole. Is what Ooh, I would say. I'm gonna have to try, Terry. Because <laughs> yeah, gonna... I, I was thinking about you the other day. I'm like, I don't think you cry during anything, and I often do. Not true at all, but okay. Okay. Well, uh, it's 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 good. It's so good, though. Um, I really I really do enjoy that. All right, so we've got two very different uh, <laughs> two very different movie or uh, series takes here. Yep. You, the, the only question that matters, you know what this is? Mm-hmm. Will I enjoy your what, little show? White, White Lotus. I think you would. <laughs> I, all right, I, all I, right. I think you would it, it's trust me it's there's no sci-fi in it there's no fantasy there's no okay. nothing it's it's literally it follows kind of like three different families or three different groups that go to this resort and and you see how they kind of a little bit the, the well i take it back there, there is a family of a very a very rich family and all these people are relatively rich. There's a couple on their honeymoon. Yeah, they're already on an island. <laughs> they're on a, 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 an exclusive resort. And then there's a woman who's mourning her her mother who okay. passed away. And how the three of them interact with each other on occasion or just how they interact with each other and how they interact with the staff at the hotel. It, it It's good. You're, you'll watch the first episode or two and you'll be like, what am I watching? Why, why am I watching this? And you'll just kind of want to watch more. And that's that's how I felt White Lotus was. All right. The problem is I'll probably never get around to watching it. Because you don't have HBO Max yeah, or I, HBO. Uh, I ain't got that kind of money. I ain't, yeah. uh, I ain't no HBO no, I, Max or whatever that is. Terry, do you, do you know why I have HBO Max? <laughs> From our other friend, probably? No, 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 not at oh. all. Uh, <laughs> I, I've stopped using his, his accounts. Um, because Smashbox pays for uh, a portion of the internet here. Ah, <laughs> so it's, it. I, it's AT&T. It's AT&T. So you are entitled to having some of my credentials. All right. You give me the logins. I, I'll give you the logins so stuff. you so you can so you can do that. <laughs> um, yes, because the with I think the AT&T bundle I got came with like a year of HBO Max you or something. Son, and you've been holding out, you son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Is now the appropriate time for me to go watch Ted Lasso? I mean, yes. with all the... Uh, I mean, isn't there? Yes, isn't there's there never a bad time to watch Ted Lasso. It is probably the boat. the best thing on TV. The best thing is I've it still mi- is it still a running series? Yes, they they're okay. they're starting season three. They're filming oh, it, I believe, it. right now. Okay. Um, the first two seasons are phenomenal. It's well, just so good. Again, this is this and just is, good is the right word because it's 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 well done and it's a good show. Like it makes you happy. Well, I I'm underprivileged. And I do not have access to those things. That's why I'm not I'll, watching. I, I wait. I've, no, I've been exclusive. Oh, well, that's Apple. Correct. But I think your daughter has an, an Apple device, and she might get free Apple TV with that. So you might be able to log in with her credentials uh, if you're paying for an Apple device. <laughs> it might. It may have come with a year because that's how my first year of Apple came was with my first Apple device. See, this Apple this device, is why I'm so. so out of touch, folks. You just don't know, Terry. I I, I definitely don't know. Uh, I did <laughs> talking about your daughter and family stuff. I got my 13-year-old son his first phone number. Wow. Yeah. I just, I literally went to Mint Mobile. Uh, He's got an old iPhone that used to be mine. It's probably three or four years old. And we've been talking about it for a while. And I figured like, you know what? 13 is probably the right age. So I just went to Mint Mobile on the phone and it said, hey, do you want to do a free seven-day trial? It loads up an eSIM. And I just said, yep. And it said, cool. Hold on a second. 
All right, there you go. You have a phone number. I, we, we were messing around texting, create a group text, all this other stuff for the thing. It was really simple. It's like 15, I think we're paying $15 a month for yeah. his one account. I'm literally thinking about moving my wife over to it. Uh, and then her, keep her away from that Ryan Reynolds fella. I'm not too concerned <laughs> for her or him. Uh, either one. <laughs> okay. um, uh, and I think my wife's account would probably be $5 more a month because she uses a little bit more data. Sure. Um, Cause I looked at her average bill and she uses like just over, it's like five to six uh, gig of data a month. And so they'd go five or 10. I would probably just get her the 10. And I think it's going to cost like uh, 20. So anyway, you spoiling mother. <laughs> I just give her extra. Just throw oh, it around. Wow, just whip those gigs around. They whip those gigs right around. <laughs> and just, yeah. So I, 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 so far, so good with Mint Mobile. I, right. I don't know if he's even made a phone call. But <laughs> well, then, so the, yeah. the texting feature works, but, even though he probably was on Wi-Fi when it happened. Oh, for, for certain. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I figure 13 is about the right age. I need to start, you know, we, I, I put the find my friends app on it so I can track him wherever he's going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do, do you have that with your kids? Do you know, uh, yes, like they, a, they have a, like 360 or mm, something? Yeah. And uh, do you have to pay for that. Uh, if it was, it might have been a one time thing. OK, I, I, sure, I, I didn't know because I know the, the with Apple, it comes right with the phone. You just sign up. And it's, you know, find my whatever. You can do find your device. Yeah. I've got my headphones attached to it, my phone, my iPad, anything Apple. You can just kind of hit it. And so it works out for works out for him. Um, yeah. Ken, Ken, Ken's and Al are all, all checked in. Uh, quick side note. It is the after show, and we're not diving into it by any means. But uh, some of the national news, if we're going to timestamp some things right now, uh, I'm just seeing on the internets that it is projected uh, that Warnock will win the runoff in uh, Georgia. So there's a so timestamp for you. Demo- so the Democrats will take a 51-49 lead in the Senate. Okay. So we're what we're uh, a month out from or a month past the initial election night. And we finally have the answer to <laughs> yeah. what what's going on in what's, Washington. Awesome. Well, I don't think we'll ever know. Well, no, Quite no, honestly. that's <laughs> I, I don't ever plan to really truly know what goes on in Washington. Uh, I think it's probably better. Maybe it's better we don't. Um, all right, sorry, I'm scrolling down to double check if there was anything else. I do want to quickly read it. I know if you were here, you know, three or four hours ago, you got some of this, but I want to quickly read off again for uh, the Paul Macbeth Foundation is doing some auctions out on the website. They all end uh, this weekend. They end on Sunday night, but I just wanted to say there's 24 different things out there. There's experiences, there's discs, there's discs, disc packages. You can win a round with Simon Lazat over at Maple Hill. You can wind uh, golf with you and your friends playing with Avery Jenkins in Oklahoma. There's all sorts of things that they have available out there right now. Uh, their team, the Paul Macbeth Foundation, is leaving for Uganda on what would be Wednesday, December 7th. Uh, Missy Gannon and Chandler Fry are going as part of that, which is super cool uh, to have some of our top athletes. And I don't know if you can pick any better ambassadors on the planet uh, that are that are better. Uh, Missy and Chandler will be going. Their next project is in Madrid. And then uh, they said they want to give a shout out to all the companies and the people that are supporting it. And we've seen a ton of different people. Um, and like we said, uh, both products and experiences, uh, 
you know, uh, and one of those I know being pastry dies, uh, Dylan, uh, out there who's done some camera work for me, he's celebrating a birthday as well today. And I know he's got a pastry dies package in the Paul Macbeth, uh, foundation, uh, auction that's all ending mm-hmm. on Sunday. So just wanted to throw it out there again. If you missed it earlier or if you're coming at it late, whatever, I just want you to know that it's going on and uh, it's pretty awesome to see. Obviously, uh, Double G talked about it in our show that someone like Paul and his foundation, along with a lot of other people, are out there helping grow the sport and, uh, you know, Paul's foundation doing it at international level is pretty cool. We've seen all these different projects that are happening. So, and funding has to come from somewhere besides the hundred thousand he put in there from winning uh, this year. So pretty cool to see. All right. Wanted to get that in. Um, as many of you know, uh, well, yeah, many of you know, I was in Florida this weekend for Janesville or Janesville. Wow. The Chain Hawk Open. Which is not near Janesville. Not near Janesville it's in Florida. Wisconsin. The Chain Hawk Open. Uh, but also in the queue, I've got an event from New York that took place earlier in the year. That's very much in the queue. And then also we've got an event from Oregon that took place not too long ago that's in the queue as well. Both of them are going to be released here in December. I'm going to keep rolling with a ton of footage, most of it being bonus footage, some being contracted, but most of it being bonus footage from throughout the year to kind of keep this off-season content thing rolling. But I guess the question I had, you know, you and I briefly talked about it. This weekend, although you had uh, some great star power at the event, uh, Double G, AJ Carey, others, Johnny McRae, he ended up playing in the Masters, uh, Nick Masters, a bunch of other Florida, uh, top Florida competitors and so forth, are we seeing any form of overload? In ter- and overload isn't the right word. Maybe saturation is a better word. It, With so many channels, and I'm not saying this in a negative way or a combative or a comparative way, but are we seeing now finally some true saturation with YouTube disc golf content because it's not I think just so. our competitors. There's a ton of channels doing a lot of reviews, doing a lot of different things, uh, unboxings, mystery this and that. There's a lot of channels, a lot of you it, know help and and form and technique channels. It Are used to be saturation. Of course, we used to see the off season. We joked about it just a few years ago, how, you know, you would save up a bunch of stuff for the off season, release a bunch and this and that. And it was almost the only thing out there to watch. Well, now th- there's, you know, three to four different podcast channels that are doing everything from disc reviews. Cause there's discs being released every single week. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there were three or four of them. Uh, I, I looked at one. I got kind of excited. The Tosi disc, the T-O-S-Y, the one that's supposed to be it, it lit up and everything. And there was a Kickstarter for it mm-hmm. two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I supported it. I have not seen a Tosi disc yet. <laughs> so, sure. but uh, again, they've sent out emails. I kind of understand what's going on with it, whatever. But um, you've got people doing disc reviews. You've got the, the, the vlog miss stuff right now. You have lots of that. You have people I think are trying are jumping on yeah. what they saw. I'll say the success with both Simon, Simon and Eagle. And Eagle. But, sorry to interrupt, but no, that's fine. yeah, you're seeing a lot of that. And 
And not, again, not saying, obviously, it's all content that's put out there for free. View it or not. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you wonder, is it getting crowded? Is the saturation sure. and is it getting crowded? There's only so much attention. There's the Disc Golf Network, which is releasing podcasts and very high quality shows like on tour. Um, you, you, there's so much off-season content now. And the funny thing is, there's so much content and I feel like so little golf. For that content, because mm. the the I, and again, there's not a lot of golf being played. There's not a lot of golf being played, and, I, and I'm not one to go and seek out post production personally. But I feel like a lot of people that when after the disc golf pro tour finale, the season ends, and I know sure. we had two wraparound events this year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I, I haven't looked at how successful they were as far as views and such compared to other events but it's just like the collective disc golf experience and group just has this mentality now and it's changed over the last three years because we used to feel after uscgc it was like ooh, like all right we're done people were upset when the nt was after usdgc sure and then we moved the Pro Tour to be the finale after USDGC. And now I feel like everybody's at least used to that. And so right now our mentality is, all right, the Pro Tour is over. Oof. All right. I can get back to my life. I can watch other things on YouTube. I can. There are some hardcore people that are still out there. And the, the attention and the concentration and the excitement will begin to wax again once we get to early February. Mm-hmm. But right now it's waning. And I think that if you want to watch disc golf stuff, there's enough entertainment out there for you. Um, I I feel like I haven't looked at Casey's white Casey White's Vlogmas stuff. I know he's doing that. What type of views he's getting versus um, I don't think Simon's doing Vlogmas anymore. I don't think Eagle's doing it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, I don't believe so. Either. I don't think either of those guys. I think they did it. And now they're looking for other things. Yeah, but Simon's still putting out some content in the off season. And I do think we've hit a saturation point. I think that if you want content, it's out there. It's, you're, you're not desperate for content. So you can actually be relatively finicky or picky with the content you watch. I, I haven't, you nor I have watched this week's on tour. It came out yesterday. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we would have been on that. It would have been like, oh, cool. This is something awesome and new and we've never seen before. And it's still great. But now you kind of feel like, okay, I'll get to it when I get to it. It might be later this week. I'll download it, watch it on a plane or, or me. I'll probably download it and watch it during like my son's uh, swim practice or something when I'm sitting there for an hour with nothing to do. It just, it's not prime time immediate viewing anymore. Well, it, like you said, there's a ton of it out there and available. I was shocked to see that. The coverage I put out this weekend, which was no different than what I've done the previous two years in Gainesville. In fact, in some ways, I ex- I ex- the the previous two years I had uh, a feature card during the first round, and then I had chase card coverage. Fox Hills Productions was putting something out, uh, and I had a chase card. Now, granted, my chase cards were also pretty stacked with some really notable players, but just for one, just to put this in some perspective, last year. When I had chase card coverage and I had a feature card and then two days of chase card, and I put it out essentially the same time, which was pretty much the same day, 
it collected about 189,000 views over these seven videos. Today, I have seven videos, which included a skins match, and then three sets of feature slash lead card coverage for a combined total of 58,000 views. And that, to me, was shocking. Um, same, it, I was going to say, same courses, same event. Of course, similar people, some different people. Uh, you know, we didn't have maybe, I'll say, uh, a notable in Calvin Heimberg. He was at a wedding. Uh, Matt Orham had to withdraw at the last moment. So a couple of those names weren't necessarily there. We've had Chris Dickerson in years past. I was just shocked to see that there was that. And I'm let me be very clear. I'm not complaining to anyone. It was surprising, though. And then I think the other follow-up to it is these last couple of years, I've worked super hard and, and had some things in my favor to put out the coverage that I shot and got off the course at 5 o'clock and released it at 9 o'clock, for instance, Eastern Time, the same night. Did that, jokingly, I said, did that F up with the algorithm? Are disc golfers not anticipating, waiting, watching, or caring, or expecting something to drop that same night, and then it doesn't trigger for the next morning, and by then it's maybe kind of lost in the shuffle come next morning, depending on how your YouTube feeds to you sure and i wonder if i i if it's just the the scheduling i think it up and i don't know how other people watch youtube because i watch um i watch an okay amount of youtube these days it's been more over the last few weeks i've got probably 15 to 20 channels and i think now i actually have a disc golf channel that i just subscribed to a couple weeks ago other than alden's there i don't consider his disc golf related his is more comedy um i kind of sit on my subscriptions page and every couple hours, I'll just do a refresh. I don't, not one of my channels I set to alert me. Mm. And I just kind of keep track. I look at that and I'm like, oh, look, there's a new video or two that comes out. Maybe if if the people are getting an alert at nine o'clock at night, if that's how they get their information, they do forget about it by 8 a.m. the next morning. Maybe there is a, a a golden hour or a golden time period for releasing content maybe maybe you do want to have it release at between 8 and 9 a.m or something the next well, day the next day depending on what coast you're on i don't know well yeah and that, and that, that certainly factors in as well you know of, i'm not of course on the east coast uh, but even you know. so like even if you re- even if you release it at 8 or 9 a.m east coast that's seven or six, six seven, five yeah. depending on where you're going like what is the right time I, I i don't know if there's a reason or like you said that just the the there is maybe less of an here's the other thought maybe there's just less of an appetite for these events that aren't aren't elite 100 percent events that because you get absolutely a possibility you get so like it used to be you get 10 to 12 events in a major and you know and that was like your coverage and then you then you would go and film all these little events and there weren't a lot of people doing that well now the pro tour and is putting out so many events during the season that maybe it's just people are ready just to be like, okay, I, I can take right, a break. Yeah, yeah, to, I don't, to, to, I'm not still eager for content. Uh, I don't know. The only way you're going to find out is more, <laughs> more sampling and putting yeah. out more, putting out more coverage, like, which is fine. Whatever next event you have, you know, put it out at a different time and find that out and, and whatnot. 
Yeah. So it, it was an interesting uh, weekend from that perspective. Uh, and and I was just quite surprised. And, and maybe that, again, could just go purely mm-hmm. to star power. Mm-hmm. You know, no disrespect to, to who, the players that were there, but maybe mm-hmm. there was just not the names that somebody's like, hey, I need to click on this. Hey, that absolutely hey. can factor in. And uh, we know that. As, as much as he's uh, antagonizing, Disc Blaster has a slight point here in saying that maybe just in general post-production is starting to slow down. Like, there's not the excitement now that we have all this live coverage, maybe there's just not quite the excitement for post production as much That's anymore. That's possible. Like, and and I know. Let me. I phrased it differently than the way he put it, but but maybe maybe people. I'm going to compare it to to, uh, to to drugs in that. Cool. Guess what? I get this high from watching live disc golf. It's it's in the moment. There's an excitement to it, and that's what I want now. I want live disc golf. If if I can't watch it live post production, eh. You know, there's not the maybe I'll get to it, maybe I won't, because we've seen over the last year or two the acceleration in live and the views, the excitement, the quality, everything is really ramping up, and we've seen the you know the views on. I'm just gonna use Jomez as an example because they're the pre- uh, premier coverage. Those views aren't going down, but they're certainly slowing down in what we've seen over the last few years. You know, they're still getting more and more views, but the excitement right now really feels like it's in the live court versus the post production court. And I know the, I was four hours late to live. This week. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying again. Yeah. I don't ever think post production is going away. I don't think yeah. you know th- th- it will still get the views. A majority of the people still watch post production versus live, but the excitement isn't there for post production like it would like it used to be. You can feel it. You can see it online. So many people are already talking about things. So just in general, maybe there's not the appetite for post production. And I, I don't know. We'll find out, won't we? Uh, one way or another. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not judging anyone on how they want to watch. I don't care (laughs) as long as you're watching the product. I don't have anything to do with post-production of any sort anymore. Um, and, and I don't care if you want to watch it live or not. (laughs) If you want to watch live, awesome. We'd love to have you. If you want to watch post-production, awesome. Go for it. Well, don't, don't cry for your spoilers. That's such a perfect segue unintentionally over to my friends that we saw a little bit earlier, the Big Money Skins. Oh. I, and I have no details other than literally seeing it announced uh, this in the last day or two yesterday. They posted, this is on Eagles Crossing Disc Golf, and I, I, I haven't reached out to... Uh, to GK Pro or Eagles Crossing or anyone, but uh, I do want to throw it out there because uh, it was announced yesterday. In 2023, the Big Money Skins Championship will be held over five days, starting on Wednesday, June 7th, and running through Sunday, June 11th. Wow, so much earlier. Wednesday, the 7th, and Thursday, the 8th will be practice days. All right, I don't... I, I don't know if I love that wording then, because <laughs> then it's really if they're truly just practice days, then the event is OK. Anyway. There might be extra things going on those Correct. early days. Spectator tickets are on sale now and make a great Christmas gift. And then they uh, tagged GK Productions and then you go out. BigMoneySkins.com has more information. I get paid zero dollars and zero cents to have anything uh, to mention of this, but I did hit the internet, and uh, like you said, I think that's the number 
arguably the number one talking point here is we know nothing else about any of the details other than it's moved into June. Are we going to get? It still says fifty thousand dollars guaranteed to the winner. Big Goog back. Is he coming back? I hope so. I mean, that's he's, what he's plenty are calling for. He's part of the skins like history now. He's got to be. He's got to be that's, coming back. That's what <laughs> uh, people were calling for. Everybody's calling for it. So one of, and again, I'll say it before. I, I know it was a disaster for all of the companies involved for the live production. But from a pure entertainment perspective, from us that hung around and hang in that chat, couldn't ask for a better fun time. Uh, just another quick perspective, and this was the first question that I did not answer until just now. Ba-dum-bum. I pulled up a spreadsheet from the Disc Golf Pro Tour to see, or I could have went to PDGA, to see what coincides with that timing. And I just mentioned June 7th through the 11th. When I look at this other nifty spreadsheet, I see June 1st through the 4th listed as the Portland Open, an Elite Series Plus event. And then I see the next weekend, June 9th through the 11th, listed as a silver event, the Zoo Town Open in Missoula, Montana. Well, so, the, so, mi- so Missouri... So Missouri is pat- technically past Montana if you're coming from Portland. <laughs> right? What? So if you're going from Portland to Montana, right? Yeah. You're still way up in the northwest and Cor- nowhere near Correct. Big Money Skins. So that's what I'm saying. Like You would have to drive way past Montana to get to the Big Money Skins way to, tur- to turn around and go back to Montana if you're going to that silver well, you're event. Not, you're not playing in both. You're not playing in Zootown and in the Big Money Skins. No, you can't. Yeah, same weekend. No, yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, even, but even so, go, dynamic discs. You're still going to Kansas. I mean, it, it's not quite as far, but you're, you'd still have to drive past. I don't know. It's, I, I, I think that what the big takeaway here is, yeah, is the timing of Zootown. Zootown's gonna, be, I mean, basically I, being a conflict. I can, like, I can imagine Zootown and Skins being a conflict. Who you want to say conflicts with the other? You oh, can have just, that argument, nah, but they conflict. I think. Depending on how this goes it's over, the same weekend. Um, we, we've said before, like these silver events, the, give them or take them. You know, I, I bet you a good portion of the people go to the big money skins to the chance to win big money because that's what it's called. And I think it's a skins format. I believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see. I mean, we don't know until we know. Um, yeah, I'm going to pull up the Googles. Fourteen hours. Uh, no, no, nine from Portland to Missoula, Montana. I took a random guess. Uh, is is traveling northeast? Montana. And you're looking at Montana's big, so yeah, you're looking at nine hours sky. of travel. Big sky Portland country to Missoula, nine hours, eight hours, forty five minutes. It's gonna okay. be even longer than that because you're probably driving a van. If you were gonna go to Portland to say uh, Hawk. You could just put St. Louis and pretty much get a, a close because it'd be 30 minutes short of St. Louis, probably. Uh, what's Missouri? M- M-O. There we go. Mo. Mo. Oh, it's oh, thinking. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, like, it's hey, thinking like Hawk Point. Why you really would you go drive here? that far? <laughs> please yeah, says, that, please that, turn around. That's 29 hours. So you're not. You know, I mean, you could be driving. You could drive it. Or but. you could fly in, fly back, and then continue your West Coast. Whatever's going to happen, we don't know. I'm just putting it all out there. 
that's that's, checking them out. All Um, right, so I want to move on to the next point. Okay, which was brought up uh, multiple times by Ray, and I appreciate you re- you uh, reiterating it and agree with you. Uh, Ray says that uh, per PDJ rules, new PDJ rules out there, by the way, they have said that you, you essentially cannot ball up a disc commonly found by the blowfly. Uh, you cannot ball it up. I know I've seen Paul Macbeth ball up a disc or two in this time. <laughs> uh, usually a putter after he misses. Yeah, you cannot ball it up and then throw it. In that fashion. Sure. And some would call me, uh, for the most part, a PDJ homer, and mm-hmm. I support the PDJ. I I don't like that rule. Really? I don't. Is it because there is like a... a, a- vagueness as far as what balling it up if you if you sure. if, if you hit a tree and taco a disc so to speak put a big crease in it you know and and, and now it's kind of <laughs> we'll say a-shaped or v-shaped upside down concave um can you continue to use it i mean i can understand the concept that they want to keep the sport as we'll say natural if you're <laughs> if you're in the nba and you're sitting there you get a rebound and you're gonna go Put the ball back up. Can you flatten the ball so that you can grab it in one hand? Like you're, you're sitting there with a little a shiv. You shiv the ball, <laughs> and then now you hold it so nobody can can try to take it from you. And you go and slam it. You can't do that. Like you've you've com- you've completely changed the shape of the um of the playing device. And I get it. We use discs, and in general, it, it kind of feels like the same thing they did when they outlawed so to speak the turbo putter you know that's not what it's it feels that to me like to me it you are they want a specific style of device a circular device then this is to me is way too close to the idea of the joke that's been made for many years and or the trolling or antagonizing way too similar to say well while we're at it you, you can't throw an overhand you can't throw a thumber, tomahawk, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. UD, a grenade. You can't throw those. Chicken things. wing. Yeah. You, <laughs> I don't think those are synonymous. But I, the, just the point is you can't throw a disc that way. It's not meant to be thrown mm-hmm. overhand I, in disc golf. It is way too close to that where you're dictating it because you and I both know whether it's a disc in one of your bins or a disc in some of these bags, some discs are barely recognizable when it comes to their overall beatness. Oh, yeah. And their overall wear and tear. And no, I, I'm still good with you. You can't have a hole in the disc. It can't be cracked and all the other rules that, are, you know, you have to maintain maintain that much integrity to it. But the fact that you simply, that you cannot, I, I just, I, it's funny, the more I think about it, the more I dislike the rule. <laughs> I'm okay. I think yeah. about a super soft putter that, Go you throw that goes through the chains or, or not through the through, chains, the, through basket. the basket um, because you've thrown it hard or be, because it's black. Let's just say you've got your your favorite soft judge, your favorite soft AVR, mm-hmm. and it sits on the ground because you threw it and it's black. And now it certainly wobbles mm-hmm. and it's 100 degrees out. And it wobbles so much more and is so much more flimsy than the guy throwing the the brand new white KC AVR. Mm-hmm. And this guy is throwing his black, his black uh, super soft judge, and now, it, it, what? Where is the where is the line drawn? If I'm holding a disc and it's literally flopping over, I didn't purposefully do it, but exactly, but but it's literally like 
Yeah, it's limp. You're limp. <laughs> you got a limp disc. You've got a limp disc. Yeah, uh, you do. Limp disc it and um, versus a, a stiff putter. I get it. I understand the concept. A very and, hard and stiff putter. A, a very hard stiff putter. Like it's just and you're limp disc. And you are just sitting there <laughs> next to the basket with a floppy disc. <laughs> yeah, I I, I understand I your do complaint. Not like it. I, I understand your complaint. I don't have a take. Funny thing is, I haven't thought about much. I don't have a take one way or the other. I can understand kind of both arguments i think i agree with yours a little more than the pdgas here but uh um, i don't know i i just think of all the we talk often about because whenever you do a demonstration it's usually the kids that then have like the five or ten you know immediate questions Mm -hmm. Uh, first one is always, well, what if it comes to rest on top? Do you get extra points or negative <laughs> points, whatever, if it comes to rest on top? That, that's just a Disc resting on top should count. Uh, d- what if it, you know, what if it lands in the chains but doesn't land in the basket, you know, depending on how you've clarified mm-hmm. that already? Fair question. What if it wedges in? Those are, like, probably the first three questions that actually come about if you're standing around a bunch of people mm-hmm. that have never played disc golf that are near a basket. Outside of that, you essentially say, however you want to get it from this tee, this area, into this basket, that's that's your creativity. That's the sport. That's mm-hmm. not, You're on your own. Mm-hmm. And then somebody will inevitably make like make a joke often of like, oh, well, I probably can't throw it like this. And they'll make like a tomahawk mm-hmm. motion or an overhand motion, uh, however they reference it. And no, you're like, no, you can do whatever yeah. you want. Well, what if, I, what if it hits the tree and bounces to the basket? That's good. What if I... What if I accidentally throw and it skips or rolls, hits off two trees, then goes in? That's all good. That all counts. But now we're drawing a line at, hey, this super soft putter usually, you cannot, like, first of all, how many people are doing that? Just, uh, first of all, Matt Bell. Matt Bell. Which is great. And how often does he actually do it during events? Like, Uh, essentially never. Correct. Essentially. Essentially never. Um. I understand the PDGA has to make a decision on this, but do they? I, yes, yes. Why? I think I think you have to make some decision. Not 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 saying they made the right decision, but the question is being asked. The question is, you know, what what is it? because you are getting dangerously close to defining how people should throw a disc. Whether it's you know the 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 Calvin basketball putt that you Bingo. know. Like, you know, because when the disc flips end over end or the way Kelvin does it, it's like a yeah, it's like a straight Anheuser. But we always did like, you know, the the the, yeah, flip the, the Kobe, the fade away where it flips over. Can you do that? I mean, the disc is not flying anyway near the way it, quote unquote, as intended was intended to be thrown. So I, I'm just going to say and, and this this is not a uh, this is a specifically, I believe, rules committee, which then, you know, uh, puts their uh, recommendations in front of the board. The board often, I think, all but rubber stamps that, assuming that the rules committee is all in agreement, blah, blah, blah. This all goes through a whole process. This isn't a flippant decision. And maybe maybe that's a good reason to have a someone from the rules committee on here to maybe make... Maybe there's a perfect explanation that we are just wildly overseeing. But I just think of... Right now, we have technical standards, and I don't know all of them, of course, because I'm not that smart. But we have technical standards for how rigid, how stiff a disc can be. There's a certain stiffness mm-hmm. in which a disc cannot exceed. Once it exceeds that stiffness, it's considered dangerous. Yeah. The, but there's no, there's no there's specification no, how floppy it can be. No. You want to show up with a soft disc, 
more power to you. And then, and then, like I said, even if it doesn't, there's certain discs that you leave in the sun because you're playing somewhere and it's hot out. It just it mm-hmm. it reacts differently. I'm good. Like I, yeah. Anyway, thanks for getting me fired up. That's that was, good. That was one I kind of disagreed with. I definitely disagreed with when I saw it, and then when Ray brought it up uh, a couple times in the board, yeah. I'm, I fully disagree with that. Yeah, I mean Robert says ban rollers. Could, could I mean, they again, could they ban rollers? That. Um, I I don't believe you could right now, just based on how the rules are. Um, because you can't unless the PDJ could say, um. Where the disc hits the ground, that's where it stops. Because you, because as we know, otherwise, if you try to ban a roller, then you have to ban all rollaways. Because there's no <laughs> right, there's yeah, no distinction. At what point are we? Because no we, distinction uh, between accidentally and, exactly, and purposefully doing it. You you can't. Some people might like that. Even like, oh, play on a De La Viega. Sure, like, heck yeah, let's ban rollers. Yep. <laughs> Although we do, we do kind of judge intention in the rules. When we say like a practice throw, sure, that's kind of like did they was it an intentional throw? I forget the exact phrasing, but I I, I don't know Terry Miller. I'm I'm not paid to make rules. I'm just paid to either, I'm, but. I'm just paid to talk about them. <laughs> um, but yes, the PDJ did release uh their their 2023 updated rules, and I believe there were some things in the competition manual as well. Um. And I thought there was a very good question Robert Leonard answered. Like, why have two books? And he had a really great answer. Um, And he more or less said, the rules book is what you should be following every time you step out on the course. If you play casually with your friends, those are the rules. The competition manual really focuses on event play. Like, what, what does, you know, everything from dress codes to all that stuff, like... Like you don't payouts. Ha- How does a payout? Yeah, you don't. Work? You How don't have those things. Don't really affect the rules of play. Like you know, in theory, if you and I go out to play a casual round, I miss a mando. That's a rule now. Like I should play the mando the way the PDGA was meant to play. But if I show up on the practice course with you and I'm wearing my normal Daisy Dukes. Mm-hmm. Those don't fly at the Come pro tour, on, baby. Kick them daisies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you want to bid on playing around with me and Daisy Dukes at the Paul McBeth Foundation, <laughs> they will ban you. They will ban me. They will absolutely not do that. They will not let you play at the same course. <laughs> they will make that's sure I, I don't do show up. So those are that's that's kind of just uh, the distinguishing factors between those two guides. I looked. Could through, they be in the same book though? I guess that's you a, could have them in. You could have them in the same book. I suppose you could kind of download, kind of separate. Kind of uh, the other, the other thing that was really interesting is we had a question a few weeks ago. Why are the rule? Why did the rules start at eight hundred, Terry? Remember? Uh, did we have that question? There was a question about why. You know, because it made it, it made it feel the someone on the board was like, it makes it feel like there's so many rules if they're starting in the eight hundreds. Do you know why the answer is? Uh, yes, because you used to have to, if you didn't know the rules, you'd have to call a 1-800 number. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't feel it, like I remember. Um, every disc sport starts with a separate set of hundreds. So like, 
Dang. Guts might. I learned and, something new today. Guts might. And I don't know the real so answer. There were seven other significant disc uh, sports. Apparently, probably freestyle, Guts, uh, maybe DDC. I, I don't know MTA. exactly. MTA. Those things. Uh, I think it had something to do with like with diff way back in the day designated each sport as a separate rule section. So that's why ours are 800. Uh, ultimate. I'm going to just Google ultimate Frisbee rules. <laughs> And uh, the official rules of Ultimate. Yeah. And I'm just wondering. You might have to look up like a rule book. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not challenging you. I Yeah, I, that you are. Is, you're, doubt, uh, you're doubting me. And I believe I saw. I was going to say, where did you get I believe this I saw Robert McLeod post that. Okay, well, he's a smart Fri- Frisbee Rob. <laughs> yeah, he's a, I mean, he's got Frisbee in his name. He would we'll know. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it was him that posted that because we had posted on the board, or we had mentioned it on the podcast, um, and I think it kind of got around a little bit. It's going to bring me the same thing. Yep. Um, maybe maybe uh, look up whiff diff rules or something. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, I I see just like Roman numerals and then subsections, A, Bs, and Cs, and things of that nature uh, for the 11th edition of Ultimate. <laughs> uh, with diff rules for Ultimate uh, introduction. Here we go. Download. Yeah, but anyway, that's what uh, I, it, that, that, that's what incredible. I heard. That each 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 specific sport had a different original set of. Rules, and that's why they started in the certain hundreds. I think even more interestingly, when you go out to this, I don't know uh, if it's whiff diff. I'm just saying, but just in general, when you go out here, it uh, mm-hmm. they list on this website. Download a PDF version of the rules for of Ultimate 2021 through 2024. Does that that gives me some finality as to when they won't be changed? They won't even no, be I, considered to be changed for the next three years. Yeah, I I, I don't mind that. Interesting. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm not seeing I'm not backing up my Googlays aren't backing up your uh your alleged claim. Yeah, each different discipline, I believe, or something is is what it was judged as. Anyway, if that's the case, I think that's awesome and that's uh certainly good to know. Guys, just remember that's gonna be in the uh that's gonna be a quiz. That's that's the end of the year test for you. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you're making your notes if that is in fact the case. All right, you. I'm gonna go out to something else here and click clickety clack. I don't know why that doesn't work. Yeah, so here guts starts at 300. They're 303. Their rules in play. So guts is a 300. We're an 800. So it 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 backs me up uh, a little uh, bit. No, I. It, it seems. It seems legitimate, right? Like I sound smart when I say something like that. <laughs> I'm I'm not going that far. I I don't know. Especially every, since you're just repeating what somebody ev- everybody else said. here everybody here learned something now. I that that is very true. But I thought about that. I, I actually learned that like two or three weeks ago, and I forgot to bring it up. And we were talking now that we're talking you about just rules. Store those nuggets. It's I, not even Christmas. I do. I do. You're I'm just, just storing those nuggets me. of information. Uh, your kids participate in uh, Saint Nick. No, who's that? They don't know. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Don't bring them up. <laughs> did you as a kid? No, I did not. And okay. I think that largely drives that bus. Is yeah. of course, if it was a family tradition, then that's we, you're more likely to then carry it on, so on and so forth. I had one friend, my best friend at the time, Stinky. Uh, his best friend was <laughs> named Stinky. His nickname was Stinky. Uh, sadly enough, that was an older nickname. But anyway, uh, 
his PDJ number is still one after mine. Um, his him and his family had Saint Nick, and I was I was like, oh yeah, well you're kind of like a rich spoiled kid. Must be nice, whatever that is. And that was the extent. I I never further investigated. I didn't really care. This was pre-internet, everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and it was never much of a thing. It was definitely not part of my family and our traditions, and therefore I was very much neglected and left out. Well, as you should have been. Um, we did. We participated in St. Nick um, oh, you. <laughs> as kids when my parents remembered. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, it's December 5th or whatever. Like, uh-huh. okay. Um, I thought growing up that it was more of a, um, a, a Dutch tradition because we were taught, like, you put your shoes out. And usually it was like there was a set of wooden shoes at my grandmother's house. They would put the shoes out in the entryway and then... Like there'd be candy, like a little bag of candy in your shoe or your stocking or whatever it was, but it was always in wooden shoes. And oh. I don't know why. So I grew up for a while thinking that it was much more of a, a Dutch tradition, but I find out, I think it's more uh, of uh, in general, it's a, a Christian type thing with St. Nick. And so, yeah, so we are, my wife apparently participated in it as well, but we're continuing the tradition with our kids and like, Literally, the kids got an ornament for the tree and a full-size Reese's peanut butter cup oh, with the four of them. That. Oh, it's upstairs. Oh, yeah. I might steal that. Which, which actually worked. Oh, Saint Nick just got <laughs> Saint <that> Terry. <laughs> um, which is funny because they have an advent calendar, a Reese's advent calendar this year as well. Uh, yeah, I, I will go as ignorant as I'm about to sound. I'm okay with that. I will go ahead and say I know absolutely nothing of the story, the tradition. I, neither do uh, I. Nothing about it. We were we were just told, cool, like, put, the F is- put your shoes in the entryway and they'll have candy in them later. And it was always like a little candy or a little gift or something. It was never anything more than like 10 bucks. Like that was just... I, I don't yeah, a, I don't know the story behind it either. Christmas uh, set of gifts. Yeah, more or less. That's what we thought about it as kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Spock says, I question how you were supposed to get inside since we didn't have a fireplace or chimney. I was three. Yeah, Magic. I, that, those are definitely valid questions uh, for sure. Anyway, uh, I think, uh, our friend disc blaster is having an argument with himself out there on the, uh, on the chat board. Go figure. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, what else do we have going on? Uh, not too much. Not too much, Terry. We talked about the rules. That's oh yeah. Let me. I, I will quickly. Uh, I'm not going to read. Certainly not going to read it. I did put a link in the YouTube chat, but some of the overview of the rules mm-hmm. talks about uh, withdrawals and refunds. They make some clarifications. They talk about uh, practice rounds, beginning play, late arrivals. Those things are uh, addressed. Grouping and sectioning. It looks like uh, a number of things were uh, addressed there. Tour standards, as in pass-through fees, those are further clarified. I think additional things were added to pass-through fees for t- for tournaments, for TDs, to be able to turn a, a small profit on the events. Um, A-tier requirements in terms of warm-up areas and underserved divisions, that is talked about. And then it says minor changes, they have excessive time, Moving obstacles, relief from obstacles, mandatory routes, casual areas, relief areas, illegal discs, so on. And, and so usually forth. the minor changes are just a little bit of uh, like verbiage, one word, like one like, or two words that maybe just to add a little clarity. Yeah, like in within the uh, mandatory conversation, it says 
it, it used to say, as soon as a disc enters the restricted space, it is considered to have missed the mandatory. Now, the rule states, as soon as the disc enters the restricted plane, it is considered to have missed the mandatory. So, literally, So, one you know, word. somebody had a discussion with someone like, well... Did it? What about get in the, the Matrix? In if the it's like <laughs> restricted and yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, again, they're trying to make more and more clarifications. Well, One thing that I hate about most rules conversations is they're they're very uh, semantics based, like just like well, nitty gritty, fine detail word. Sometimes that, but also uh, you'll you'll have a lot of people that say, "Why are the rules so complicated? And why are there some of these you know the, this you know this verbiage in here?" And they're so so gosh darn complicated. And then other people uh, will say, there's a million scenarios that aren't laid out. Why aren't the rules more explicit and clear? And it's like trying to find that fine balance. I'm not on the rules committee. I'd never want to be on the rules committee. I just got done ripping on a decision that they that they arrived at. Um, I, I just find like there's, there's a no win there. There's absolutely a no win because mm-hmm. we see a million things unfold. That are like super unique. And then somebody says, why isn't this laid out in the rules? And then somebody else will turn around and say, why are our rules so damn complicated? It's so obvious. It's like, but it's, it's not. Not obvious to somebody. And we have all these you know situations that unfold. So, yeah. But- anyway, so there's a ton of that stuff out there. It talks about dress codes, tournament director. Uh, I think one thing that's interesting, it does state here, which maybe wasn't laid out before. says for tournament director. Any qualified current PDGA member age 18 or over who is interested in running a tournament, blah, 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 blah. PDGA members under the age of 18 may not be tournament directors. You think about like the honor and the cool factor and the amazing go-getter, entrepreneurial, like all these things that go along with being a tournament director. I was a very young tournament director. And I, I I wore that badge proudly. Yeah, you probably you probably ran your first event at what nineteen? Yeah, somewhere in the yeah, just about. But just think, like that's a legitimate thing to factor in because think about the- a legal implication if some major shit went wrong mm-hmm. and you have a sixteen year old on record of running this tournament. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's such a can of worms. Yeah. And I applaud, I know a number of people who have been under the age of 18 who have been listed as tournament directors, and I applaud everything that... Can they, they still be forth. assistant tournament directors? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Um, in running a sanctioned event required to take and pass an online tournament procedures, blah, 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 the test that will be based upon the official rules, PDGA members under the age of 18 may not be tournament directors. I think assistant tournament director still, Would fall under that umbrella. I would think... Maybe for that same reason. Let's say something major goes on at the event, yeah. something catastrophic in a negative way happens, and next thing you know, you have this 14-year-old on record that's talking to insurance and and talking to municipalities and, and lawsuits involved. Like, So for what it's worth, I, I, I totally commend that idea. It may dishearten a few of our young go-getters. I think of... Um, uh, I, I am so, I don't believe I'm drawing a blank on her name out of Kansas city. Uh, she's done so many amazing things with DD and I cannot believe I'm drawing. Anyway, uh, Ava, Ava Meyer, Ava Meyer. I was, I was, as Nailed soon as you said DD, I was like, yeah, Ava? Ava Meyer, incredible. And I believe she's been a tournament director on record 
for events, and she is this. She won't, and she won't be eighteen human. for a few years. Exactly, she's this incredible <laughs> human and spirit, and the greatest, one of the greatest ambassadors of the game. But she may not then have uh, that opportunity, which and it it uh, does make logical it, sense. Uh, Lucy ooh. Burke, I believe, fits into that category as well. Not anymore. She, she used to run. Uh, I know she had uh, r- run a sanctioned tournament before she was the uh, the age of eighteen. Hmm. I believe she's eighteen now. I commend her on that. But from a legal perspective, it does make sense. I get it. Anyway, so that's something else. That's uh, I know there were some complaints coming out of some camps, as we can imagine. <laughs> Real quick, okay. How do you argue with a? <laughs> you're a four, you're a forty forty four. Well, use me, a forty four year old adult, and I'm sitting there. Uh, that just gets out b- bickering. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm being a a a, a, a scrupulous tournament player competitor and i'm sitting here and yelling or arguing with a 13 year old it just uh, yeah <laughs> well, that would hopefully never be the case <laughs> well it won't be now it won't be now anyway go on um th- there there were some talks about obviously you know the big off-season discussion is going to be the transgender players um about why maybe why there wasn't an announcement with the rules mm. like d- does that fit together either in the competition portion of it sure or the rules portion of it I, I i don't know um which one it would probably go into i would, I would assume the competition portion but, probably but anyway but there was no announcement on that and there has been no word from the pdga yet as far as which direction or when that yeah, exactly. Or when, if at all, it's going to be announced. Yeah. Uh, as far as we're concerned or under the mm-hmm. understanding is that uh, whatever rules that are in place, we have, like you just said, we haven't seen any deviation from that to state otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there is, I, I would assume that we would hear that sooner than later if we're just worrying about a calendar perspective. Yes. Uh, clearly, there can be policy and rules and things that get changed mid mid year mid whatever at any given point early season late season all that can happen but it feels as if there's going to be any significant if, changes the beginning of the year does seem to be the most mm-hmm. appropriate timing do you think that We will see a change in policy and I, or some kind of address do, uh, conversation say, piece. Do, I think the answer is yes. You think yes? We'll see. I, I, we I want to say clarification. I don't want to see change, but, uh, but I think some there's going to be some no converse, continued conversation and or potential policy update and or yeah something of okay. that nature. To what degree I don't know, but I think we're going to see a little more definition. If that's maybe sure, the right word. Sure. And honestly, Clarity. to me, it kind of makes sense not to drop that with the rules decision, with the rules update this this sure. week, because if the PDGA wants to, we'll just say, maximize your eyeballs and have the the focus on them, you you drop the rules information, you let everybody digest that, so it's not looked over. Because regardless of what the other decision is going to be. Everything that entire week is going to be gone. If, yeah, if, if if you want to get away with something in the PBGA right now, you do it during that drop. Like, you know, if, if you want to start, you know, leveling a forest for, on hole six, 
do it during that week because no one will talk about it at all. Um, if, if you want to make your sponsorship announcement, don't do it that week. If you want to have any attention, because whenever this decision gets dropped or, or, or clarified, it's going to dominate the news cycle. Yeah. Um, do, do you see a scenario at all that whatever the clarification is that the DGPT goes their own way? One way or the other? Um, that's a good question because I feel like they obviously have a very working partnership and relationship. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is, I, I think it's worded as the official professional tour of the PDGA. Something along I, I those lines. Is the, is the line, is how it's listed. Um, so to see them break deviate yeah from anything i think would be surprising but at the same time it wouldn't because there is uh there are already i don't want to say exceptions isn't the right word i'm making there are uh considerations that are made for the pro tour that aren't made at other Mm -hmm. levels already so it wouldn't be that crazy for it to happen i just don't know if it would could you see a scenario and i think i know the answer to this one that the pdga makes the decision that comes out and clarifies and says it is tournament director discretion as to whether or not to allow transgender athletes that it has, but you have maybe make a a new, an, an XT event, a new tier, so to speak, or something along those lines that says, guess what? If it's, if it's announced ahead of time, because we all know, and I, I'm going to go totally stereotypical here. What might fly in Alabama might not be the same as what flies in California. The two completely possibly different out, outlooks. Now, again, that's stereotypical. Obviously, sure. th- this, t- this particular subject crosses a lot of different <laughs> state lines and boundaries and political affiliations and, and whatever you want to say. Do, would you ever see a scenario that the PDGA would make would give a tournament director option. Almost like, I hate to compare it, like the two-meter rule. Yeah, I... Like, it seems so petty to compare it no, to a two-meter rule, um, but... I, I don't I don't see, uh, with regard specifically to this conversation and this topic, I don't see it, I don't want to say being reduced to just a TD's mm-hmm. discretion, but I don't think that will uh, will be a, a potential solution. I don't, I don't think so either. I, I don't believe that. I mean, it, it is an idea. It, it feels like... To I me, if that, it would. if that were to happen, it feels like the PDG is almost pushing the buck to a tournament director and 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 making it their decision. So that at that at yeah, some and point, then at that point, a tournament director could have a lot of different you know mm-hmm. influences and or bias and or sure. But that's uh, but again, if it's so sure. my thought is if if it was advertised ahead of time and and granted, I I I don't see the PDGA if they go one way allowing a different direction. Would either whichever way that goes. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. The, and maybe the last, uh, because there hasn't so. been a ton of, uh, I, I'll say, explicit outpouring of of uh, a, a stance one way or another from a lot of our top players. Mm-hmm. Uh, also hitting the news cycle though this weekend uh, was was Nico who had a very specific take on it and and removed that specific take. Um. Yeah. And I, 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 I guess if anyone was uncertain as to where 
one of our top level competitors stands, Nico Castro made it very clear uh, this last weekend. It, it always makes me wonder, and I don't want to lump together, but clearly Nico and Cat merch are an item. Does Cat feel the same way? Is you this know. is this Nico being vocal for Cat because she doesn't feel she can, or do they have two separate, completely separate thought processes on it? Yeah, it's it, you know it, it's not surprising. Some couples have different takes, whether they're political or mm-hmm. social. I, I, I don't know. It uh, it's it's interesting to to see sometimes. It's I, I think he's really been one of the first. And to, that, that's to, why to, I bring to really it up. to really push. A particular side, um, of, again, of which he quickly removed the the post. Oh, um, I did not know that it was quickly removed, it, just it, only because it's out there. And so correct, many. it's it's been screenshotted. But the reason why it's been screenshotted is because the post was removed, and it it, it makes you wonder. Um, you know, he he just signed with Lone Star. Is you know is is that a Lone Star thing that they don't want they don't want this associated? Is it a Nico thing? Is it I, I don't know, but we, we've seen Nico. <laughs> we've seen Nico run through a few different sponsorships relatively quickly. Is you know if he if that type of social media content is going to be on the horizon for him, how does how do his sponsors feel about yeah, that? But, I I don't know the answers. Maybe they're totally fine with it. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Okay. Well. Plenty of uh, of conversation about the rules that was then had. It's actually kind of funny. You don't normally see a lot of responses posted to the PDGA's no, page. No, you don't. And now as I'm scrolling down, I'm seeing a, 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 a slew of responses. I can imagine a lot of them have to do with one particular uh, subject matter, but I see actually a slew of responses. Probably some things, um, clarifications and stuff. And As you scroll down. So... Uh, as always, if we hear or learn of anything, um, we're more than happy to yep. we'll, share the findings. We'll be here for you, people. All right, Johnny. I think you can fire up our giveaway. Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV if you want to be eligible for our weekly giveaway. Um, are we giving away? Sure, we can do that. All right. Tonight, we're going to give away disc member box. So... If you're not familiar with what Disc Member Box is, it's a monthly subscription service that you can sign up for. And they're one of the first, if not the first one, um, possibly. And you get what's in the box that they send you. What's in the box? And I was just thinking about this earlier today when I got the box. And I thought, there are so many more manufacturers now that you just never get a chance to try out. Like, Mm. again... I don't know particularly what a Lone Star Armadillo does, mm-hmm. but if I got one in a box, I think that'd be awesome. And to think that a box like this gets you the chance to try out new plastic or just cool plastic. Maybe it's your favorite disc. I don't know what what's in this this month's uh, disc member box. I'm not going to go to the website and look because I like to be surprised. And by surprise, I mean, I never know because I sent I get it and I send it out to you guys. So anyway, disc member. Um, you can go out there and sign up. You get it's like a minimum of like forty bucks worth of stuff, and I think you only pay twenty five a month if you want the, the base level subscription. At one point, they had a, a waiting list. I don't know if they do anymore, but if you're interested, please by all means they help support Smashbox. So please go ahead and support them. I am going to pull up our friendly random dot org 
a place where Terry used it's, to go find dates. It's so friendly. <laughs> you know um, what I mean? Uh, we currently we have a hundred and fifty-two people eligible. Terry, you know the procedure. You get to pick what number, how many times I generate this number. Well, before I do that, I'm going to quickly get in uh, another random reminder that's very, very specific to just a few of you that are watching. Ben Askren's having a book signing tomorrow uh, in the Brookfield Square Mall. Yes, and uh, of course, only if you're hearing this still on Tuesday or Wednesday uh, does this apply to you. But Ben Askren, uh, of course, our host at the Funky Farms uh, at his house uh, the last couple of years of the event, and uh, if you didn't know, he's a, a UFC feller uh, type, yep. uh, Bellator, I think, and uh, what anyway, Bellator and UFC. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he is having a book signing. He just released a book uh, and autobiography in the. Is that, is that the fancy word? I believe so. Gosh, I learned something else new. <laughs> anyway, uh, but he did release it, and it is out, and he's doing a signing. And I keep telling everybody, he actually reached out to me as well, but I keep telling everyone, go buy the book. That's exactly what I'll do. Uh, but then also bring a disc along. He'll probably he'll sign that for you as well. I keep posting that, so I hope he does it for everybody, but I'm sure he will. He'll probably be tickled if you show up and uh, you buy a disc, or I'm sorry, you bring a disc, and then you also uh, buy one of his books. And that's exactly what my And it is. Uh, it is available on audiobook as well. Yeah, and I believe he does the... He uh, does. It's like... He knows how to read. Like he wrote it. And he knows how to read. And talk. Uh, he knows how to talk, too? Yeah. Jeez. And he knows how to host disc golf events. So anyway, I he want does. to quickly get he's that a, in. He's there. a great host for disc golf. And yes, I'm sure all of you can uh, you can uh, get all wild. I saw somebody immediately had had to have a reaction because he got knocked out. I, I get it. Yeah, I, I'm, you're the first. To Here's say what that. you do. If, yeah. if you're going, why don't, why to, don't you challenge him? If you're going to a book signing, <laughs> challenge him in a ring, and we'll see how it goes for you. Yeah. I, it's so <laughs> if you think you can knock him out, by all means, please. I'm sure he would be happy to take you up on the <laughs> on the on the opportunity. Yes, Ryan Pilcher, he will sign your audio book. Uh, just just download it onto your uh, your iPod. Zune? Zune. Yeah, your Zune. Your Zune. <laughs> download it onto your Zune, and then have him sign that. That's that's what I would do if I were you. Okay. All right, let's, Terry, let's generate a number here so we can give something away. We're going to give away this that disc member box. It is, well, this is podcast number 432, so 432, one first number. Generated. Our very first number, the very first number we generate I can, is I can... 137. They were sorted by email address, mm. so 137, let me pull that up. 137, I barely need, I don't need to scroll at all. Chris Stillwell. Chris, congratulations, congratulations, wow. Chris Stillwell. Thank you, Chris. We will reach out to you and you'll you'll get whatever is in this box. Man, I went on disc golf Twitter and it says, does getting an ace count as a CTP as well? Yes. 100%. 130%. If there's a CTP hole, hole seven, you walk up, you ace it. Nobody's getting as close as you are. I mean, the the... No, the, whatever the, the, whatever the, you're going to say is the, the dumbest argument, thing. The argument to be had is, is that it's closest to the pin, not in the pin. Is that it's cl- well, no, I think the argument to be had is you could hit the ace. It comes to rest. And let's just say in the craziest way it could. It comes to rest and it's leaning up against like, we'll say the basket. Nope. And then versus somebody who's thrown the shot, doesn't ace, but is literally leaning on the pole 
It's the, technically closer to the pin or the pole or the pin. Depends where on the pin you're measuring. What if I'm measuring the direct center of the pin? So I go to the base and then go straight up. Who's closer then, Terry? The the or you're measuring right from the orange sticker. Yeah. Who's closest to that orange sticker? Me in the basket or oh, you on the ground? You mean, okay, you mean that way. Yeah. Terry Miller. Vertically. vertically. Yeah, vertically. I Sorry. I never thought of it vertically, <laughs> but okay. Uh, okay. Right? Well, for what it's worth, I, I do agree with you. I, I know I, you do. I, I know you because we're right. <laughs> an ace does count as closest to the pin. I don't care if it... I don't care if it's... Let me put it this way. And here's maybe the more extreme example. It goes into the basket. It's it's fighting its way out, and it's wedged into the basket. It's an ace, right? Mm-hmm. It's wedged into the side of the basket versus the person who threw it, and it's now leaning up against the pole. Clearly, the one leaning up against the pole is is more centered than the one that's on its way out but still hanging by the basket. That's where somebody would make the argument that technically the leaner is closer. You you correctly disagree with that. Line. I correctly disagree with that. Like define what the pin is. There's show me the term pin in the rule books. It's always called a target or pole or, or pole. Yeah, touching device. Yeah, like uh, where is the pin? Is it is it the pin that sticks in the like the 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 hold the, basket. the hold the basket into the sleeve? Because there's the DGA ones have a few pins. Yeah, which pin are you talking about? So if you think that aces don't count, you're wrong, and you're too stupid to play. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Give us your discs. Give, just give me your discs. Leave. Turn your discs in. Um, the, the legitimate question that people have is, does the if there's an ace pool, does it count in a playoff hole? Yeah, and I, like, I, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to have a, a – talk about a tease. I think I'm going to have a drop zone. I thought about it this ooh. weekend. I think I may have a drop zone just to, again, address that. It's been a few years since I brought it up. I, me, me personally, I'm, I'm, I, I won't listen to your drop zone, but um, <laughs> maybe I can be a guest someday. Uh, I don't think that they should count. I know some people say they do, and I'm okay if you do. It's honestly, I'm really forty nine fifty one on it. Wow. Um, I, I think that in general, it is in regulation is when the ace pool, the ace pot, or whatever you're counting. Once you go beyond regulation, um. The other people don't have the same opportunity as you. So if if you know you're playing a pitch and putt course, and let's just say nobody gets an ace, you walk up to hole one where the playoff is. It's a hundred and eighty foot hole. That's way different than walking up to a four hundred and fifty foot hole. I don't feel like there's the same uh, opportunity for that. Now, if you told me, well, guess what? That's still part of the tournament. I think it's you lean more towards a TD discretion. What at that about a point. final nine? Yes, that's still part of the tournament. That's still, I mean, it's all part of the tournament. I, I, I mean, again, it's the same argument. You're right, because you're playing extra holes that everyone else didn't have the opportunity to play. You earned your way into that final nine, just like you earned your way into a playoff. But here's the question, Terry. Mm-hmm. What about a playoff for second place? I, yeah, say, I know you were. You don't, you don't <laughs> have to play those off. Correct, because it's a trophy. You could literally flip a disc mm-hmm. and, and play it. You really only have to play off for first place. Mm-hmm. So it is only playing off for first place legitimate because it's part of the true event as opposed to the people who are playing for second place trophy, which are really just kind of going out on their own and doing their thing. Mm-hmm. It's not part of the event. Person, again, I lean the 51% towards just make it in whatever is in your standard hole from your first to your last typically hole, 36 holes, your typical 36 holes. And then the if tournament. there's, if there's a playoff, 
that doesn't count towards it and 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 whatever but well but i feel like it's up to the tournament director it maybe they could be very clear or have a standard I don't, most people probably don't I'm even check in with the it. rules committee the pdj rules committee do I, it I, they, I think i have a follow-up scheduled with them already for tomorrow awesome <laughs> okay. uh, well you're gonna have to just wait and see my take uh as to how i feel about it there you go what a, what a cliffhanger. What a cliffhanger, Terry. Yes, I know. Teasing out that new podcast. All right. I think Can we... you even call it a podcast if you don't release it as a podcast yet? Oh, shoot. Is it, is it really 1244? It really is, is Terry. Eastern time? No. We went 344 tonight instead of 244? We had two long guests and then an after show and we talk uh, a lot. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess you do. I, I, I was... Um, I feel sorry for I you. I was a guest on uh, on a podcast um, for Fantasy First Disc Golf. last time on that one? Probably. I I, <laughs> I assume so. I apologized at the end because I, I told him I literally smashboxed your podcast because <laughs> he always shoots for a half hour. <laughs> How'd that go? Not well, Terry. <laughs> Not well. Uh, hour and fifteen minutes, and uh-huh. uh-huh. and oh, that God, doesn't. How did I miss this? That doesn't include the half hour before the thing that we talked uh-huh. and the half hour after that we talked. Oh my gosh! And which which were which no which were which were related. <laughs> Less to fantasy a little bit, but less and more disc golf related. But uh, let me tell you, I, I apologize and said, I'm sorry, buddy, that I smashboxed your podcast, but a half hour ain't cutting it. No, no, not with all your dumb information. No, no. <laughs> Gosh, we could spend a yeah. half hour just correcting you for, for mm. God's sakes every night. Doubtful. <laughs> I could. We don't do corrections. <laughs> All right, guys, we are into December. We're so glad you guys are here and looking forward to closing out 2022. I think we've got a lot of good info and news, honestly, still in the hopper. Uh, it's still coming. There's still a lot of good stuff. I've got some some secret insight that Ooh. you just have to tune in next week to find out more about. So that's been Podcast 432's After Show. Bye. Thank you for joining us. As we said, if you're in the area, come uh, check out that uh Ben Askren book signing. And if not, well, you heard about it a week too late. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.